Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have real, honest, smart, and sometimes even hilarious conversations about co-parenting, separation, and divorce, and all that goes along with that. I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, Certified Life and Relationship Coach, and Happily Divorced Mom, who helps women decide if they should stay in or leave their marriages, and then guides them through the process one step at a time. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope everyone had a really good Father's Day. I know it was challenging for many of you. I heard from a lot of the women in my Facebook group who were struggling throughout the day. And so I just want to say that if you found it challenging, just know that you are not alone. These holidays are hard for those of us who aren't in traditional or nuclear families. And they're especially hard for people who are in the middle of separating or divorcing or just having a rough time in their marriages. So if that was you, my heart goes out to you. And good news, no more holidays for a few months. Aren't we lucky? (laughs) So I just wanted to do a little plug for you to get on my email list. If you're not already on there, you really need to be. Um, I've even put a sign-up form in the show notes. So if you fill that out, it's just your first name and your email address, then you'll get on my newsletter list. And when you sign up, you'll get a series of emails that will answer some super hard questions and tell you a little bit more about my personal journey through marriage, separation, and divorce, and provide valuable, invaluable resources. So be sure that you use the sign-up form in the show notes, and you will get on the list right away. So today, I am super excited to bring you a conversation with Emma Johnson, Emma is a business journalist, a gender equality activist, and a number one best-selling author of The Kick-Ass Single Mom, which is published by Penguin. And she's also the founder of WealthySingleMommy.com, the world's largest platform for single moms. Emma frequently speaks on women's issues, including at the United Nations Summit for Gender Equality, and she's the founder of Moms for Shared Parenting, which is an activist organization aimed at making equally shared parenting the norm, which is what we'll be talking about today. Emma Johnson, I am so excited to have you here. I'm sure my audience, I'm sure my people know who you are and know what you do, but who knows, right? So (laughs) I won't be so smug. You're so so famous. (laughs) Let's give a little background about your story and what you do. Well, what I do now is um, I run a, it's really a media company, but it's best known for wealthysinglemommy.com, which is a blog resource site for single moms. Um, I do have a podcast. I have a couple of books. Kick-Ass Single Mom came out a couple of years ago with Penguin. And I do a lot of media. Um, And it was born out of my own story. I was raised by a single mom and came with that a lot of shame. I think it really shaped my ideas about what I was capable of as a professional, as a woman, as a mother, romantic partner. And of course, like many of us set out to do better than my parents. And for me, that meant having, you know, a intact family, right? (laughs) And not a broken home. And (laughs) well, you know, I'm not on your show. (laughs) 
So, yeah, I went through a divorce, married a really nice guy um, who also came from a single parent household. And so we, that was one thing that really connected us. Like we were going to do better together mm. and we were going to create a very different narrative together. And it didn't work out that way. There was tragedy ensued. I mean, the, the tidy version is that he had a brain injury, but really it was a very difficult marriage. A good guy. I'm a good person, I think. And just was very combustible. We didn't have marriage skills and probably poorly matched also on top of it. So yes. it ended, which seemed catastrophic at the time, but in hindsight was the best thing ever happened to me because you can't have a single mom empire if you're married to a nice <laughs> but combustible person. So weird how that works. <laughs> it's just, yeah, awesome. So yeah, I mean, so I've been single for like 10 years or something like that, nine, 10 years. And, you know, it's, I went through it all. Like I now interact some form of fashion with probably millions of moms out there, people. Mm-hmm. And there's no new stories. Hate to tell you. I thought my story was super weird because like my husband fell off a cliff, left me pregnant. I don't know anybody that did that, but guess what? It's not that weird. <laughs> There are just general themes, and I've learned a lot about marriage and partnership and divorce and motherhood and sexuality and mm. myself and all of these things through these years. And it's incredible. And really, what has come out of this is throughout my life, I've been very feminist and, you know, just completely ridden this wave of gender equality. And I have always felt very passionate that the single mother experience is a very intensified lens through which we can examine gender equality or gender inequality. Mm-hmm. But it, there's also opportunity. I think that, for example, I know you share my passion for equally shared parenting. Mm-hmm. That, is the, that is the ticket to gender equality. Yes. And we are not, that is the missing link of feminism. We are not talking about that. And I have set out to change it. So I'm very pleased that you think everyone knows me from wealthy single mommy, but I now want people to know me by uh, moms, moms for parenting.org. Yes. That's my new activist site. Mm-hmm. It is out to change law and to change culture around parenting. And we have got to start all parenting discussions, whether you're happily married for the rest of your life, whether you have never been in a relationship with your kid's dad, whatever the situation is, it starts at 50-50. It just starts at 50-50. The law needs to start at 50-50 and our own understanding and attitudes needs to start there. And it's got to be led by women. This is a feminist issue and we are going to lead the charge in me. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is really why I'm having, why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I really I'm so fired up. I'm, I'm, you've got me fired up about it. I've been fired up about it for a while. I mean, and and it's hard to talk about in hindsight, the, um, stay at home moms and giving up our entire, you know, selves, our, our monetary investment in the workforce, everything right. In favor of certain, in, in service of raising our children. Right. And then when we get divorced, we're, we basically have nothing, right? So this investment that we've made, and I did it, I was a stay-at-home mom. So was I. Um, and this investment that we made doesn't really have that much of a return. But we are, we are told collectively as a society, Americans believe that the stay-at-home mom is the better mom. 45% right. of us, this is according to Pew, it's a Gallup survey, uh, found 45% of us believe that it harms children when mothers work outside the home. Harms children. That's what collected. Now, notice that the surveyors didn't even ask how it affects children when fathers work because it's a given. That's their job. So right there, we see exactly yep. the uh, patriarchal dichotomy that we have been shoved into. Moms stay home and take care of the kids and the house. Dads work and earn. Yep. That is what we told is best for kids. Yep. 
thankfully we live in a time where there is a, an abundance of extremely thorough, respected research that tips that on its head and shows that that is absolutely wrong. If we focus on what is best for children, we can also have a, a similar conversation about what's best for moms, similar outcome. But uh, a University of Maryland researchers just a couple of years ago did a meta study. So they looked at 34 related studies and they came to the conclusive dis- uh, uh, conclusion of what is best for kids when moms work outside the home. How much time? It's really about what is child development question. How, yeah. what, how, much, how many hours do our kids need? How many parenting hours do we actually need to put in? Right. right. We say parenting hours to be politically correct, but we really know that we need mothering hours because collectively as a society, we do not value fathers. Fathers are frivolous because we know once we get to family court, they're told they get four days of visits with their own children. Mm-hmm. If they're lucky, they mm-hmm. don't matter. Right. Babies need mommies. That's what we believe. So all uh, this university of Maryland meta study found that after age two, because babies do need a caregiver, right? They need to connect and bond. and They need to be cuddled with a loving, a loving adult, mm-hmm. right? preferably a parent, after age two, it doesn't matter how many hours of parenting time they get. And in fact, it's quality over quantity. And the researchers concluded that it's probably harming children when parents, mothers drop out of the workforce because they are poor, they are stressed out, and they are vulnerable. We know that uh, financial abuse and domestic violence are one and the same. You can't leave if you don't have your own money, ladies. Yep. You cannot leave if you do not have your own money. Amen. You have no choice. You have no options. You can't decide if you're going to get a cell phone in your own name, credit card in your own name. You can't decide if you're going to go, what kind of soup you're going to buy if you don't have your own money. Money is power. And you are not greedy for saying that and believing that. You are not selfish or frivolous or gold digger. This is the facts of life. Adults have their own money that they earned their own damn selves. I drank the Kool-Aid. I did not question. I assumed I need to be home nursing and like frontal lobe developing 24-7 with my babies. I got that. I went through the grieving of losing that when I became a single mom. But I'm here to tell you the science wins. <laughs> you are so like, I'll just, I'm just going to leave this to you, Emma, because you are, you are preaching to my choir. You are, you are preaching to my choir. It's no, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent true. And, and, and by the way, Emma and I are saying this as white women, right? We, when we talk about this, we talk about this from a place of like understanding our privilege that this was us. This, this is exactly the life that we came from and it's the life that we want to disrupt and turn on its head because we believe that women are worth more. We know women are, are worth more. You are worth more. You dependency is not a good look. You, <laughs> if you are dependent, we are all dependent. Yes. When you are perpetuating the, the mommy myth, the golden uterus myth, the stay at home mom is the better myth. We are all being held back. We are all activists. The moment we wake up in the morning, we change the world one tiny step at a time. Yes. And this is all, this is about gender equality, right? This is about how this is about closing the gender pay gap, which I know you are also a huge advocate for, um, right? Because if we are not in the workforce, we can't make the same amount of money. If we're not showing up in the numbers, yeah, that is the pay gap. That is the pay gap. Women are now the majority in uh, undergraduate and in some graduate programs. We get out of school college and women and men are earning the same. You look at the highest echelons of management in the highest paid industries, men and women earn the same. The middle is what we're worried about. In the middle is when women drop out. 
The middle is when women drop out and then they inform their managers that, you know, women that are recently married between the ages of 25 and 40, they're probably going to get pregnant. We have to think twice about hiring or promoting or investing in them. That's the pay gap. And you know what? We do have, we have systematic problems of unaffordable childcare, unaffordable healthcare, students at all these systematic problems crazy work hours, commuting, all these things are very real. Those problems are not going to be solved unless we have women in places of power because white rich men with stay-at-home wives that are taking care of all the home and child, they're not making decisions on behalf of you and me, mm-hmm. right? They don't feel the pain. They do not feel the pain and they don't have that human nature. So we have got to stay in. And how do we stay in the workforce? Well, we stay in the workforce. We have equality in the workforce when we have equality at home. And we have equality at home no matter what your family looks like, whether you are married, you know, get married to your high school sweetheart and stay happily together for the rest of your lives, or you're a separated or divorced family, you have equality. Equality starts at birth. But in the space that you and I are working in, Kate, you cannot legislate what happens inside a married couple and in a two-parent home. You the government can't go in there and tell you who's going to get up in the middle of the night and feed the baby, who's going to unload the dishwasher. Right. But they can legislate how time is split in separated families, which are now moving towards the majority of families in this country. 67% of millennial moms are unmarried. In our lifetime, and by the time our kids, my kids I think are your ages, 9-11, by the time they are starting their own families, separated, non-traditional families, well, non-traditional families are already the norm, but so let's call them single parent led homes for lack of a better term. Separated families are going to be the majority. And that is what's going to close the pig up. I believe it deep in my soul because we can legislate that state by state by state. I am working with other activists. You're going to come on board with you, like it or not, Kate. And we are going to get laws. I'm on board. Laws change. Yes. It's a presumption. You split up. Of course, it's no brainer that men and women are equal and should be equally responsible and have equal access to the kids. Those two things have to go hand in hand. The movement has been led by white conservative, often sexist men, I'll be honest with you, Mm -hmm. who've been screaming about men's rights and father's rights. They're right, but that message has not resonated and it has not worked. Their rights are being violated, but the reality is everybody's rights are being violated. They're being, it's, it is gender equality. They are being told they're, they're irrelevant as caregivers and women are being told that they have to be the primary parent and they have to be financially dependent on men. We are all segregated and shoehorned into gender stereotypical roles by law. And the courts are incentivized to perpetuate this. Bar associations are incentivized to perpetuate this and everybody is stuck. We're all stuck. So we have to unstick ourselves and the courts and the law can do that. Yes. Where do we start? What is the first step and ingredient? Okay. So I'm going to give you three things. I've told you, okay. So I will tell you something that every single person listening to this can do. Great. The easiest. Everybody knows somebody that is in a family, right? We're women. We're talking. So let's say, so here's an example that I, a couple examples, real life examples of other people besides me. So a mom in my mom's group, you're if you are already a single mom, not thinking about it, you're, you can join Millionaire Single Moms on Facebook. Facebook is a super active group. And a mom in there, she has 100% time with her kids, has a big career, successful woman, and has made her career since her separation. And she was hanging out with some family and her brother-in-law asked her about dating. And this woman says, you know, I won't date a guy unless he has 50% time with his kids because he should. That's important to me. And he needs to do that. And the brother-in-law says, 
that is crazy. How can he possibly have a career if he has to take <laughs> care of kids 50% of the time? You gotta be kidding. He just With a straight of- face. With no, that's, well, I mean, you and I are laughing, but this is how Americans believe. And our courts reflect that. The vast yeah. majority of families, when they separate, it's kids with the mom, she gets child support, maybe alimony. So there mm-hmm. she, the court's telling her she's financially dependent on the guy. Yep. And the dads are lucky if they can do the every other weekend, you know, Friday night special deal. Right. That is exactly, that's what the, that's what the norm is. Right. Right. And so, you know, so this woman, this mom, she, to her credit, I thought this was very classy. She didn't even respond. She just sat there and stared because she has a career. She has her kids 100% of the time and just watched her brother-in-law's the cogs turning and he got it. Good. Right. She didn't have to pick a fight. So there's a little lesson in family diplomacy. Uh, another friend of mine, um, over the years, she's a very old friend from back in the day and grew up in a divorce family like my own. And, you know, she is often, you know, give me props for changing her own tune about the ideas of child support and alimony and shared parenting. Cause she like mm-hmm. me was very ingrained in this old status quo. Well, her sister's now going through a divorce and the sister's very proud stay at home mom, you know, but going through it and like talking to my, my girl, a friend's ear off about just going to take him for all he's worth and he oh. can't have the kids. The kids are her. And so my friends like really pushed her. She's like, you know, your husband's a really good guy. He's a great dad. There's absolutely no reason he shouldn't have the kids equal time. You need to get a job. We're not stuck in the fifties anymore. This is what's best for kids. And what we're not saying here is it is what is best for kids. 54 peer reviewed studies. Fine. When parents are separate, they need to, the kids need to have equal time with both parents. Yes. And that includes in high conflict situations because the, the argument is always like, well, if domestic violence, no, then the guy gets them 20% of the time. Well, let me just suggest to you then if the kid's safe with the dad, 20% of the time, he is safe with them a hundred percent of the time. It's either he's safe or he's, he's not safe. safe. Or not safe, right? Yes. And you, as a parent, are not right. Are not in any position to determine what percentage of the time is safe. This is not based on your comfort level, or yeah. you know, examine right. your own feelings about it. Is it really about the kid's safety, or are you just trying to gain some control during a time you feel very out of control? Yes. Are yeah. you trying to punish him because you're probably really pissed off at him, and maybe legitimately so? right? People are at their worst during divorce. I mean, you are absolutely at your worst. Yeah. Do not make life altering decisions if you don't have to during that time. And if you set your co-parenting life on a trajectory of nitpicking over percentages of time and insisting you are the better parent by way of gender, very hard to turn that around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I always say you're during divorce, you're making the biggest legal and financial decisions of your life in the middle of the biggest emotional upheaval of your life. And it is not a good combination. No, it's unfortunate. And the system does not support that in a humane way. The system antagonizes you. Yes. I had a a blog post a long time ago about, it was called In Defense of Dads, right? And it was about the fact that when I got divorced, my husband legitimately really didn't know how to do half of the shit in the house, right? Or, or the caretaking of the, of, of really the, you know, the day-to-day caretaking. Cause I had had that job for the, you know, the three and a half years of my son's life. And he legitimately didn't know how to do it. And the best way for him to learn was for me to completely take my hands off. I trusted I him. It. I knew that he was a great dad. 
I knew that in his heart of hearts, he was a great dad. He was a shitty husband and all of that. But that man is a fucking phenomenal father who will go to the mat for his children. And he does every single day. Like at the end of the day, that's our, that's basically what we're doing every single day, right? As mothers, we're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I never know. None of us know what the fuck we're doing. There's a great little, it's divorce corp. It's a documentary, yes, but touches love, on yeah. a lot of these important issues yeah, about absolutely. the profitization of divorce and separated families, but they have a great little graphic explanation of this. It's like, if we're just deciding the better parents, so you can have two parents and by whatever metric you decide that the dad's an eight parent and the mom's a nine parent. That guy gets, still gets four days a month, but you've got another family where the mom's a three parent and the dad's a two parent. Well, the three, the three moms, the three moms so like kids 90% right. of the time compared to like the eight dad. And it right. makes no sense. A parent right. is a parent is a parent is a parent, right? It's not your job. I get it. We have been told that, and it's yeah. just, it plays into this whole like helicopter competitive parenting thing. Yes. The better, better. We're, we're conditioned to compete against the neighborhood parents, the bus stop parents, and then our co-parent. Let it all go. Yeah. Just keep them alive. Send your kids to public school. Let them play in the streets and just hope for the best. <laughs> I mean, really, because really that's, that's exactly what we do anyway. No matter what, how much we try and fool ourselves into thinking that we've got it all figured out and we've got parenting perfect and we've got schooling perfect and we've got like really none of it, right? Right. You We're can still at the same level. Like, yeah, you can do like doing all these amazing things with your kid and like strung out on Percocet in the closet at night, like nobody knows. Yeah. And we know, we know that that's some of you guys listening like that, like you're not fooling anybody. So just take the break. And then, I'm, let's speak to the moms, Kate. The kids are fine. What about you? Why, you know, are we like, why are we like strung out and Percocet in the closet? Like we need time. We need time to work and develop ourselves professionally, earn our own fucking yeah. money, date, get laid, go to the gym, have a spiritual religious practice, go out with your girlfriends, do nothing, sit in the sun, yes. have a life, be a woman, let go I, of your identity as a mother only, be a woman. I literally don't know how I would have gotten through the last 10 years of divorce if I didn't have 50-50 custody. I mean, I really, I really don't because that, that time has allowed me to build my business. It's mm -hmm. allowed me to find myself. It's allowed me all of the things that you were talking about. The, and I have, and I, my son has a very severe ADHD diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So parenting him is not anymore, but it was when he was younger was exhausting. And I mean, truly like I would have panic attacks before picking him up from school. Like it was, it was very, very difficult. And if I didn't get to like, like give him to his father for parenting, you know, for, for a couple of days and have that break. I, I actually don't know how I would have survived. I truly right. don't. I well, needed right. that emotional reset. Right. We, we have this like collective rough understanding. It takes a village and self-care, whatever. How about 50% mm -hmm. time self-care about that? Totally. And, it's, and, but it's like, why are we even, because we do have a choice. Let's talk about that. Like women, we, like we were coaching women to do this because women have a choice. We, we, it's like, we have that time to give away because the way most courts in this country, not all, it's very inconsistent throughout the United States and other countries, but for the most part, it is at the mercy of moms. But here's the other part of the equation. And I know moms are listening to this right now. I believe absolutely the courts, uh, law and, and mothers keep kids from their dads. Mm -hmm. I also know in what percentage, I don't know, equally or more. I don't know. Dads don't show up. 
Dads are flaky. This, yep. Well, they are all, yes. and why, and why, why are one of the, it doesn't matter. The, it's, the reasons are the same. It's sexism. It is the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Dads aren't flaking up. It's because, maybe it's because they've been told time and again by the women in their lives, by the law, by our culture, by the media that they don't matter. Yeah. The model for fatherhood is Homer Simpson, bumbling buffoon. Marge is really the brains of the operation mm-hmm. and dads don't matter. They're a paycheck. And yep. so we tell them, yeah, you're lucky if you get four days a month. And more and more and more child support now. Like you got to pay, 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 pay. They need a life too. They're humans. Yep. Or there's the or there's the Disneyland dad, right? Or they're like, oh, they're the fun ones. Oh, they get to you know they because they only because they only have them one weekend a month. Fuck yeah, they're gonna make it fun. Make right? it memorable. Make that connection. Yes, they're trying to connect with their kids. I that's not advice I would give to those dads, but I 100 understand that instinct. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yes. I 100 agree with this that we have to empower men to have to, you know, like I said, when I, when, when I got divorced, like I took my hands off and I was like, you're, you're going to find your way. And the first weekend he called me, he was like, Oh my God, we have a birthday party this weekend. What do I do? What do I get? I have to get him a present. I don't know what to get. I'm like, I'm sure you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You are smart and you're resourceful. And he did. And yeah. because you know, that's not rocket science, right? But, it, but we have told yes. women, Oh my God, you're so amazing because you do it all. I'm really sorry, but keeping a child, an infant alive, if it were really that sophisticated of an operation, the Neanderthals wouldn't have done it. (laughs) Uneducated, low IQ people around this world do it every day. It is not, it is not a vocation. It is like wiping your ass. Like I put up a meme recently. It is like wiping your ass in the morning. It is occasionally euphoric to take a dump, but it's mostly just a normal part of everyday life. Yes. And motherhood is the same way. Once in a while, it's amazing. Once in a while, you pull off an incredible feat, but mostly it's just part of life. Yep. 100%. 100%. And we have to, we have to take our hands off, right? We've got Mm -hmm. to take our hands off and, and let them do it. Yeah. So does this apply? How do you feel about, uh, cause I work with a lot of women who are themselves emotionally abused by narcissistic men. And so this is a huge question, right? And I know how I answer this, but I'm wondering how you would answer this that, you know, I I'm terrified of giving my child 50% custody to a man who is a narcissist and is abusive, not physically, well, he- right? Not physically abusive. But what's he going to do in 50% time that he's not going to do in the 20% time? Right. And I really am asking that question sincerely. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, I mean, I've spoken to some um, family therapists about this and, and uh, people who work with high conflict cases. Um, One in particular, who's a, a special guest, a guest expert in my program. And she says, she says, you know, as long as you have a safe place for them to be, 50% 50% of the time. The other 50% is, you know, it's out of your control, first of all. And also, by the way, nine times out of 10, they don't treat the kids the same way they treated you, right? Okay. Like, so. Oh, I know. Yeah, for sure. Right. But also that actually stay, a lot of people stay for this reason. A lot of people stay because they think that I have to be there hundred percent of the time to mitigate what's going on uh, to mitigate his behavior or to like cushion it or to soften mm. the blow or whatever, trying to control him, trying to control him or control the experience that the children are having. And what this woman, um, that I work with said was that she said, get out because then 50% of the time 
they have like they're safe and they're they actually have an entirely different world experience. But if you stay, they mm. have that experience all the time. And if you think you're mitigating it, you're it's not. You're just not. And you're not healing. You're in in the drama. You're co-creating the drama 24/7. Yes. And you're not healing, yes. which is which does nothing for your children because then you, you know, what the reason I left my marriage was that I saw really fucking clearly that my son who my son would grow up to be and how he would treat women and what kind of women he was going to pick. And I didn't like any of that. I did not like that script. When I, when I was looking at it, you know, on him, when I was mm. imposing it, superimposing it onto him, I was like, oh, fuck, this is awful. And then I was like, well, if it's so awful, you need to rewrite the script and get out now, right? And then, you know, I think we have the same thing where like our dynamic was horrible and it was our chemistry, you know? But now my ex is remarried to someone who I think he gets along with a million times better. He has a fantastically happy marriage. And like my kids, our kids get to be raised in an environment that's, you know, a good marriage as opposed yeah, right. to like, it's an asset. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like life is long. We're not, it, it's, it's, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a morning when you divorce you, you know, there's a question. Should you, what do you, if, when your friends tell you they get, they're getting divorced, should you say, I'm sorry? Should I say congratulations? And I believe that I'm sorry is an appropriate response. If there's always a loss, even if everyone Absolutely. collectively agrees that it was at some point, maybe you're well past this point now, whatever. At some point there was a loss. This is mm-hmm. not the life I thought I was going to have. It's not the relationship I thought I was going to have family. I was going to have, and there was a loss and that's life. That is life. And we cannot protect ourselves from that. We cannot protect our kids. Yep. And, and we have to, and we actually have to, authentically grieve that, right? We have to, you know, I, I had that thing where I got out and I was like, fuck yeah, I was, I was fucking thrilled. I was over the moon. And it was later that I got like that the grief hit me and I had to, I had to work work through that later, but it's important to work through it. It, you can't just gloss over it and be like, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Cause that shit stays with you. Mm-hmm. And it's and it can be really damaging. Let's go. Let's talk more about sort of gender equality and the gen. Is there where? Oh, we were talking about the steps, right? We're talking about so what the shared parenting. What can you do? Right. So that's one thing I love that everybody can be an activist. Everyone, all of us are activists. We're perpetuating a message whether you like it or not. So you might as well be conscious of it and perpetuate one that you believe in, even if your own life isn't there yet, you know, that is okay. So challenging people around you, whether it's defending your own life choices, challenging somebody coming to you in a loving way, um, talking about like, if you are in, I don't care what your family setup is. If you're married, divorced, separated, thinking about separating, you can take steps to equalize parenting And I think what you just described from your own family is so important that you have to step off. It's not encouraging men to be equal parents is not, you know, yelling and griping and bitching at him to be an equal parent, how you want him to parent. It's actually, it's actually taking your hands back and stepping away and letting him do it the way that he does it. And it's hard. And if you don't like it, you don't get to say, right? That's right. You really don't. It really, you really don't. And this might be this, you know, it's not necessarily something that happens in therapy or through a lawyer situation. This is something that you can just, you really have to decide yourself. And sometimes I think you have to fake it till you make it. Maybe you're not quite ready to let go of control, but you have to 
just decide you are going to stop nitpicking. You are just going, but also we need to start changing the thing. I really think part of this is changing. Well, this gets into the activism work, but it's in our daily lives too. It has to be moving away from rights and use the language responsibility. I love you don't that. Yes. Get to have time with your kids. Of course, you're going to have 50% time with your kids, your kids, your responsibility. Like we feel very comfortable using that language when we talk about money. Yeah. But what it's the time because the time is the great equalizer. Yeah. You know, somebody can get a job, gain a job, hide money, uh, get another really, there's a million variables that can affect how a court is going to calculate money, but everybody wakes up with 24 hours in the day. Yeah. And that's really it. It's seeing the value. It's understanding the value and then promoting the value, mm -hmm. right? Amongst, among each other. Because I see a lot in my Facebook groups, like, you know, moms wanting more custody and, you know, and by the way, the fact that, you know, and one of my big advocacies is to separate child support from parenting time. Because when we have, when we've got women saying, well, if I get more child support, I get more money. And since I've been a stay at home mom, I deserve that. I need that. I can't support myself because I've subjugated myself for all of these years to, you know, the financial. So they want it, you know, that was what they tried to do to me when I first went in to meet with an attorney. He was like, well, if you slide the custody time over, you know, you get more, more custody, you'll get more child support. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to take my child away from my, from my husband. He, he, he loves his son. My, my son adores his father, right. but the, the court system railroads us into that because there is this tie between mm -hmm. support and, um, and custody. Yeah. And that's state by state. Um, it, there is usually some variation of that officially yeah. or unofficially, but, um, in different states, uh, the reality is, you know, why do we have child support in the first place? If you have 50, 50 time, I mean, it, you know, okay, split childcare costs because now everyone's working. The kid needs health insurance and medical care and whatever fancy after-school programs you want them to have. Otherwise, everyone just has a kid at their own house. It's not a man's job to keep me into a lifestyle to which I was accustomed. I'm an adult woman that has earning mm. potential thanks to the feminist before me. I can go earn my own goddamn money. Mm. <laughs> now, you, and you advocate against accepting child support for this reason, right? You know, the people come out of it. I had child support for about a year after my divorce. And, and that most of that was child care. I live in New York City and I had two, like an, a newborn and a baby. Mm -hmm. But um, the average amount of child support ordered by the courts is less than $400 a month. And less than 40% that is ordered is actually paid. So if you're spending time and money and energy and anger and losing and sleep and continuing that connection with him yes. through your emotions, through the fighting, you're dependent on him. Mm -hmm. You're keeping that romance alive and not a good look. And chances are whatever money he's giving you that even if you're legally entitled to it and you convince yourself you're mortally entitled to it, what is the price that you pay for that mm -hmm. check every month? Mm-hmm. And what if you funneled all that energy and cut the strings, let him go, you go have your life and funnel all that energy into building something for yourself? Because I, listen to the numbers. I'll tell them again. Less, the average amount of child support owed is $400 a month and that less than 40% of that is paid. So guess what? The majority of women out there, single moms, are not rich white women getting two, three, five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a month. They're maybe getting $100, $200, $300 a month and they figure it out.
And you have far, 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 far more resources than she does. Go figure it out. All right. Emma Johnson, she has spoken. (laughs) And the thing is, and I will tell you after doing this work for so long and interacting with so many women, they do, but you have to decide that you, I mean, Mm my honestly, the best blessing for me is that my husband got fired from his job and there was just no more money. I had to figure it out. And then what happens? I will tell you, I've seen it time and again. It's my story. Maybe it's your story, Kate. Seed your wildest expectations of what you thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Because all you could see was that you're going to be a housewife. That's all you could see for yourself. And now there's no more messages. You have no more choice because you have to eat. And now you can do whatever you want. And he can't pressure you to stay home. All of a sudden you're like outcast of society anyways. You don't, you don't, can't afford to listen to all the negative sexist messages in your miss. You just go barreling into your destiny, into your success. And women, that is when women blow shit up. Yeah. Amen, sister. A woman, sister. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, awesome. Emma, thank you so much. Is there anything else before we, before we sign off, anything else that you want uh, everyone to know? No, you can follow, well, my blog's Wealthy Single Mommy, but the good stuff these days is on momsforsharedparenting.org. Follow me on Twitter at 5050moms. And my book is The Kick-Ass Single Mom on Amazon. It's a general manifesto for single moms, but there is stuff on shared parenting in there and also a lot of career. My background is I write really about money and, and finance, and that's kind of the thrust of where my work has been over the years. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and for the work that you do because I'm all about it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, keep me, keep me in the loop on stuff, would you? Yeah, we'll sign on. I've got, I've got yeah. jobs for you. Okay. Let's do it. it. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.